Welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, the three-armed dope smoker, John Wayne. That's right. Ooh, I came in with one so on the nose right there. No no quivering, no quaking, no uh-uh-uh. Uh, yeah, that's how we do it sometimes when we're feeling sharp and ready. Uh, welcome to another episode, everyone. I thank you so much for joining me again this week. Uh, if you're new to the show, thank you very much for checking it out. I very much appreciate it. Um, I am here uh, in Wayne Manor. As you all know, I uh, tucked in the East Wing in the Library of Evil, where I am uh, eviling away all the live long day. I've got a nice, huge, cup of black coffee in my drink coffee hill satan mug thank you chris and alicia i've got a very ice cold topo chico and i have got my big heaping honking bowl of grandpappy's green grass grocer medicine nah grandpappy's medicine you know i've been at it for a while this morning i've been getting up uh you know i still get up at 6 a.m every day walk the dogs regardless of what day it is drinking some coffee feeling fine feeling great uh so, you know, uh, th- this has been uh, an interesting week. We have, we have a lot to talk about and go over. But uh, before we do that, I just want to give a major, huge shout out to all of my Patreon people. Thank you guys so much for contributing to my Patreon. I very much appreciate you all. You rule. Um, everyone else out there, if you'd like to check it out, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead. Uh, I give away uh, all kinds of cool things uh, every month on the different tiers. But with any tier that you join, you get access to the uh, another weekly podcast that I do. comes out the same day as this one called the Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus Podcast. And that one, uh, you know, has been chugging along here 32 weeks in a row uh, since I started the Patreon. And it's going uh, and it continues to roll on. And we'll, we'll talk more about the pod that podcast later. But, uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, go on, go on over to patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead and uh, check out all the fun stuff we have. I put videos up of me doing songs. Uh, shouts out Hugo. Thank you for the, the uh, enjoying. I'm glad you enjoyed that monster magnet cover. I did a cover of Mon- monster magnet space Lord on acoustic. And uh, it's the first time I'd really even messed with that song in a long, long time and just put it up on the Patreon and uh, you know, Hey, Hugo dug it and that's all I need. So we do, I do all kinds of cool stuff like that. Extras, stories just check it out and if you if you just want to give a one-time donation you don't want to commit to anything hey that's fine anything you can throw uncle johnny's way is very much appreciated and i thank you so much so the main thing this week let's see hmm so last week last episode if if those of you who are you know uh faithful listeners and i thank you i talked about uh how i was supposed to go to uh, Days of the Dead in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, this this weekend, right now that we're in, um, the weekend that, you know, if you're listening to this on Monday, the weekend that just happened, here on the, the it was a 16th, or 17th, 18th, and 19th were the dates of that show, just in case. It's out of context in July. So... Uh, I was supposed to go. I, I was vacillating on what I should do. If you listen to the last episode, you know, I know I, I was talking about my concerns, you know, how is this a good idea? I, I was very conflicted. I had a lot of conflicting uh, thoughts about it. And, you know, I, I uh, after the, the podcast, you know, I recorded it on Sunday. On Monday morning, you know, I got up. I thought a lot about it, you know. Throughout the day, I'm checking 
the internet for their posts. I'm looking, you know, to, to see uh, their Facebook event pay, the all of their social media to see if there's any new announcements, anything else that is going to happen throughout the day on Monday that's going to make or break my decision, right? So I'm watching the page. There's, you know, I think a couple other people canceled, which, <clears throat> you know, didn't bode well for, for you know, the way I was looking at it. Uh, Celebrity-wise, I mean. But then I was just like, you know, you know, at, at, at Monday night, I was like, all right, well, you know, I guess I'm going to go. And I was very, you know, it was it wasn't like, a yeah, fuck this, I'm going or a, I'll be OK, I'm going. It was a very reluctant I'm going. And. You know, I don't uh, you guys know me or maybe you don't. I, I'm not the biggest uh, current events payer attention attention to guy. Um, I'm not you know, completely willful, willfully ignorant. I, I just, I'm not, I don't read the news every day. I'm not a news junkie. I know what's going on around me, but, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not like, I'm not that kind of, that kind of guy. But lately, you know, as it was getting closer to this weekend, I was really checking like the, a lot of stuff on, uh, articles just about that the spread of the coronavirus is, you know, just, uh, you know, the numbers are going up, the hospitals are, filling up and I'm here in Houston, you know, H town, third coast, uh, dirty third, as I like to say. And we have like the, the medical center, you know, it's the, one of the biggest medical complexes, you know, in America or something like that. It's renowned and we're full. They're saying we're full and shit. So I, uh, I was like, man, you know, I started to, uh, after I had decided that Monday night that I was going, I, you know, I was reading stuff still, just kind of looking. I was trying to plan stuff in my head, and I just was having like <clears throat> a bad feeling. And the only, and I, the way I can describe it best is this: like I, you know, we talk about intuition a lot uh, on this podcast, and you know, of course, I do my tarot readings and uh, the card of the day and, and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it is about you know intuition and kind of trusting your gut and letting that flow. You know, if you if you don't trust your instincts you don't trust that intuition the harder and harder it 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 is to to come back you know to for you to it gets further away from like your uh your touch i guess or your realm of hearing it i don't know i'm high as fuck right now sorry uh so <clears throat> you know so I was, I was thinking about that while i'm having this weird feeling while i'm reading these articles and and I'm just thinking like you know I, I I'm just like uh, I'm, I'm now I'm like ruminating on this bad feeling that I have I'm starting to, to weigh pros and cons you know I, look, look I'm not you know I'm not like when I go to these conventions it's not like I'm setting the world on fire I do okay right it's it's uh it's the bulk it's where I make the bulk of my money in one kind of grab right like it's a three days i get I, I make x amount of money and that's you know the most i'll make in that kind of three you know time period right at least for right now and uh you know having those taken away especially this this year yeah you know, i had so much booked it really has you know I, i'm you know i'm not I'll be quite honest with you it hasn't been easy it's it's kind of crippled me a little bit um but you know these are the things that you know when you when you're trying to do something these are the hardships or whatever you want to call it the the challenges that we have to face so i'm not crying or anything about it um i'm just trying to you know give give some 
context. You know, that's my uh, main main thing, but not but not only the money. The th see the thing about these conventions and me being out a whole lot uh, constantly, and 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 the fact that I keep going and it's consistent <clears throat> is uh, as important. I would argue a little bit more important at this point in my career than uh, the money is because you know I don't make. I, I'll be honest, I'm not making a profit at every single one of these things I go to, you know, I, I break even and that's great for me, you know, a lot of times because this is all about like what I'm doing. I'm not selling merchandise. Okay. I'm not selling uh, memorabilia or, you know, whatever I'm selling my work, you know, my, my these books that I write and I'm trying, like all of this helps me to build that following. You know, maybe I don't make the money at, you know, this year at, at XYZ city, but, you know, all year, keep going, keep going, come back to that city, come back to that city, and boom, before you know it, it you know, that's how these things happen. I, I, I'm a very much aware of that. That's how you build this, you know, and I've been working very, very hard on that. Um, I love to, to meet everybody. You guys know that. I love to talk to people. So it's, it's, it's like in my blood. I love it. It's what I do. <clears throat> and uh, so I was looking at it from that point of view as well. It's like, man, I've been out everybody's been out. It's not like they're, they've been having conventions that I haven't been going to, you know, that's on my mind, but it's like, man, here's my chance to return, you know, to return to, uh, my, you know, natural habitat or my comfort, you know, where I'm comfortable, you know, get this energy going, get this energy out. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought about, well, you know, it's, it's gotta, the attendance is going to be weird, you know, well, what if I don't make, X amount of money, at least I, you know, I still, I'm, I'm out there, I'm talking to some people and I started kind of weighing that and thinking like, how many people uh, can I really talk to? I mean, what, you know, what can I really do within these confines that it's going to be under um, anyway? And what is, you know, <clears throat> is this worth, worth it um, all around for me to go, you know, and I got up on Tuesday in the morning and I, I, I started thinking about it again, you know, I was really concerned with, you know, what if not, not necessarily, <clears throat> yes, of course, I'm concerned that if I, if I get sick, absolutely. Uh, I, I guess I'm just, I'm not a person who gets sick a whole lot. So that would really suck. But I also think that maybe because I don't get sick a whole lot, maybe I am one of these asymptomatic people. And what if I go up there and I give it to somebody or I, I see some of my friends that are up there and we can't help but hug each other and boom, you know, that, that I started thinking about me being part of the problem. And I don't want to, I didn't want to be part of the problem. Uh, I wanted to, you know, you know, take steps to, to get it right. I want everything to, believe me, I want everything to come back to the fullest, you know, uh, better than it was before. But like I've, I've mentioned on the past couple podcasts, I'm, I'm coming to the point of accepting that we're probably not going to go back to that ever. And there's just things are going to change in a certain way. It's not always going to be like super distance masks, all that kind of stuff, but things are just going to be handled differently. And we all are going to need to see that and, and, and realize that and adapt. Um, and I just was like, man, I don't want to be also, I don't know. I, and I don't want to come home and bring something to my wife, uh, you know, and, and that would, that would not be cool. But she was still behind me going. She's like, if you want to go, go, you just, you know, w w you know, make sure the precautions, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. 
And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so all Tuesday morning, I'm going over all this kind of stuff. And I still have that feeling, just this weird feeling in my gut uh, that's just a kind of twisting, not not like nerves or anything like that. But it's, it's I don't know, it's just some feeling. And I, I'm, I started looking at some stuff online and I was just like, you know what, fuck this. I, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Uh, and, you know, I went out to the living room and I, I, uh, you know, cause Katie, my, my wife is here working, you know, she works from home. So she's working out in the living room. I'm walk, I work back here in the library of evil. And I, I marched out there and I said, well, I, I really thought about it a whole lot and I, I'm not going to go. I told her, you know, all the stuff we, t- we discussed it. She was, you know, she saw the sides of my, my point. Of course she would rather me have not gone, gone, but she was totally like, going to let me go and once i was like you know i'm not gonna go this that feeling like was gone like immediately gone and so that i took as like okay see these are the kind of intuitive things this is the this is when you trust your intuition and you know it gets clearer you know or it's easier to uh kind of read when it comes uh so that's kind of the way i was viewing that you know i i talk about all this stuff all the time and i was kind of like who am i to it am i like am i the guy that's saying you know hey we got to really trust our intuition and am i just totally going to ignore mine and blow it off and and go do do this when you know i i really in my mind don't know if it's the best thing for me to do and so that's why i was like no i gotta what am i doing yes of course now the convention did go on it is currently going on as i'm recording this episode I'm not saying that uh, the bad feeling was associated with anything specific. I, I, I'm not saying like, hey, I was not going to get, you know, I, it wasn't, I wasn't going to make money or I wasn't going to do this or I was going to get sick or I was going to, it was a lot of travel. You know, it's a 19 hour drive uh, for me from Wayne Manor up to Indianapolis. I did it last year and I, I love to do those drives and stuff, but, you know, I started thinking in the gas, you know, up there. It, this is kind of the first thing what with all these kind of unknown variables i just i just was you know i thought about not not just myself this time as i am want to do but i just thought it was not the right thing uh for me now like i said it's going on and i i have friends there uh my very good friend tony evans braved it out there tony shouts out you beautiful motherfucker uh check out tony's book sour it's a Awesome book if you haven't checked that out about you know uh, folklore witches from like the holler in Kentucky he's got he's got all this knowledge about folklore that he puts in this book anyway it's great he's out there I've talked to him a couple times he said he's doing pretty well is what he's told me you know I uh, and then uh, Amanda uh, Gentry is out there um, with Southern Sun Boutique and I hope that they're doing great and I hope that everybody's vending has done that's vending has done well. Um, I don't know what the end result <clears throat> truly is. It, it, you know, a lot of you probably that listen to the show are kind of hip to the the scene or whatever. And I know that there was some posts made yesterday or throughout the weekend about some maybe tasteless jokes and, uh, you know, that kind of thing about uh, going on at Days of the Dead. <clears throat> I don't have enough information on that. I'm not going to comment. Uh, uh, I can't make an intelligent comment, but but aside from that i saw other people kind of posting things where like a pictures pictures of the floor and this and it it you know it 
you know, and they were bitching like, no one's here, fucking this, blah, blah, blah. And then you have other people that were posting pictures, you know, of some of the celebrities, like the line for, um, I forget his name, Tony something that played Michael Myers. I don't know. Hey, man, he was a prick to me. And his his uh, handler thought out, they both thought I was some kind of idiot or something. And I had to say like, look, man, y'all don't even know who I am. And I left. But no. Uh, yeah. So he, I guess he had a really long line and uh, from what it looked like. So you, so you get these conflicting reports. You know, I, I don't, I'm looking at this side of things where people are showing empty rooms and hardly any vendors and this side where people are like, you know, in front of booths and each other's arms and stuff, which I don't know if that was the best idea, but you know, that's all the stuff I'm seeing. So really it's, it's yet to be seen as, as of the time of this recording, uh, whether or not it, uh, you know, had any kind of resounding, uh, you know, consequences that it came after as far as anything like, you know, virus wise or anything, uh, that, you know, maybe would prevent them from doing it again or kind of keep maybe, maybe that worked really well that, you know, maybe there's some things that can be, sorry, you know, taken from this and, and, you know, placed, used for other conventions, put in place. Uh, maybe this helps to, come up with better guidelines and better, uh, you know, restrictions or whatever it may be after looking at what happened there. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, I want to be positive about it. I I have good friends there that are vending. I want it to be good for them. And I want it to be great for every, everybody that goes into all this stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it's very hard in, in my, in my mind, but, uh, it's very hard in my mind. What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, it's just, been on my mind but i really you know after i decided not to go i felt a lot better and uh i did not have any like stress or anything about it after that because i was i was sweating it the closer it got when they were like we're doing it we're doing it and uh you know and aside from that aside from all those things um you know i'll just say that i can say that you know maybe there was a little bit of uh you know maybe i just wasn't ready and, you know, maybe that's, that's a big thing. Maybe I just wasn't ready. Uh, because it's ho- if you guys have ever, ever um, met me at a convention or you, you vend there as well, you're, you're in that, you've seen me there, you know I'm extremely outgoing. I'm, I'm hugging everybody. I shake everyone's hand that buys a book for me to, to thank them afterwards. I mean, we do pictures. We're doing, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff at my at my booth when people are there. That's just my thing. I, I love that. And along with all of these other things that were going on, you know, thinking about everything that's involved, uh, all of these variables with the convention aside, the main variable being, you know, the fact that 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 aspect is going to be, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, extreme, like it's going to be neutered to the point of, I don't know if it would make me too sad to be there and not be able to, to have the interactions that I'm, I'm used to and being the way that I am. I don't know if it would, uh, work that well if it translates you know I, I all of these things were in my mind as well so 
that you know I, and like i like i said these are things that you know moving forward we're going to have to deal with these type of things uh regardless of whether i like it or um you know where we are in this pandemic it's 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 about making sure everyone else is safe and i understand that so and i and i do understand like i always already have said there's there's things that we're going to have to you know adapt to and change and and learn but we're going to have to learn ways around you know around obstacles these obstacles that have you know fallen in the way of the path that we have always been going like this is the way you know but now we can't do it that way anymore and that's one of the the things that i have to personally solve for uh on my end is how do i go how do i do my my booth and how do i vend and how do i connect with people um when in in a situation like this you know how do i how do I do that um, and be all the things that I want to rep- you know, be representative of myself uh, genuinely and, and, you know, with the same amount of passion. So that's, uh, you know, that was another factor in my mind for sure. And, you know, I didn't go, I'll give a, you know, I'll give an update next week when I uh, do the episode, I'll have talked to, you know, Tony Evans, shouts out Tony and uh, possibly Amanda, whoever else, you know, I'm, I'll touch base with some people and just kind of get uh, their take on on how it was that was that was there. And I can report more accurately of, you know, what their perspective was. So, uh, you know, I just uh, good luck to them. And I hope they have a great rest of the show today uh, when I'm recording this. But so that that's where I was this week, man. That's that was on that was my major uh, thing on my mind. And when I started telling people, a lot of people were telling me, yeah, dude, I, I think you made the right choice. That which <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily looking for that. Um, but uh, it, it was, you know, it's nice to have reassurance uh, as far as that goes. But that that had no, really no bearing. But, uh, you know, it's nice people were concerned about me, uh, which, you know, thank you for that. Um so yeah, and outside of that, uh, you know, my week has really been filled with uh, a ton of writing. I finished revising uh, a manuscript that I sent in. I <clears throat> I've been drawing like crazy, and uh, it's that's been a, a lot of fun. You know, and I read I finished I read this book called The Show That Never Ends: The The Rise and Fall of Prog Rock, and uh, very interesting i i like prog rock a lot i you know king crimson fan uh my buddy robert got me into all that stuff when we played in bands together shouts out robbie c uh robert fripp you know um and then this this book covers like yes and uh elp which i was like man why have i never listened to to elp and i i was like man i guess because i think that name is really stupid emerson lake and palmer sounds like a folk band but then I, I i put on some elp and i was like whoa this is pretty good some of the early stuff it's all rocking and you know it's like uh experimental and all that stuff just thrown in there and i dig that so that was a, that was an awesome book uh to to read and i which has made me uh you know <clears throat> pull out some of my king crimson vinyl and listen to, to that and I, I also had uh, several of Robert Fripp's solo records that he did that are all weird so I had a good time uh, you know kind of going down that that road with this book and I learned a lot as well about about the whole progressive rock history of it and and all that kind of stuff and that was 
uh, very fun. But um, I think, yes, I'm looking at my notes. I think that we will go into right now our uh, three-card tarot reading of the week. Um, as you know or do not know, I do a three-card tarot reading on myself before every episode, and I write down my thoughts, what's on my mind for the week, and just kind of look at the, uh, you know, my perspective through the prism of the cards and, and look, try to get a different view on things, try to think about things differently. Um, uh, you know, I, I do this also on my Instagram story. I do a card of the day every single morning um, that comes out. So you can just follow me at John Wayne is Dead on Instagram if you want to check that out. And it goes to the John Wayne is Dead YouTube channel. Uh, one awesome thing I want to bring up uh, tarot-wise, I... Uh, if you remember a couple weeks back, um, or wait, maybe it was last week's episode. Whatever episode I had, uh, I think it was Sam uh, Sam Richard Sam Richard uh, on from Weird Punk Books. Uh, it was either last week or week before, something like that. Very soon, but we talked about his, uh, you know, his his late wife Mo, uh, who was an artist and a tattoo artist, was was designing this tarot deck. Uh, before she died and you know she died very suddenly and she'd gotten you know part of this deck completed and Sam and her friends you know put together basically getting it completed after she had passed away and it's you know all these other artist friends of hers finished the rest of the deck and my wife Katie my wife surprised me with um she bought me one of those decks it came this morning and I, I was totally blown away by it. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, all the artwork is so cool. It is, uh, it's a, it's a very, very awesome and amazing deck. So, uh, I highly suggest if you're, you know, go check it out. Weird, weird punk books. Um, it's on their, their online store. It's got some long ass name.com or something or dot by, I'm not sure if you go to their Facebook page, uh, you can get the link to, to their store and check them out. They are at least go look at them. They're, they're fucking, uh, beautiful. And I thank you very much to my wife for, uh, she said she bought those for me because she knew I was, you know, bumming about, uh, everything and trying to figure out, you know, if I was going to go to the show or not or whatever. So she said she bought it to cheer me up and it did. And I thank her so much. So this week, um, and I'm going to use those cards this week, probably a couple days during card of the week. Uh, so you can check those out there if you want to see me using them. Uh, so this week, let me get a little coffee here going, guys. Um, the, the things that have been on my mind, aside from all the stuff that I just told you about, I wrote down uh, positively impacting everyone around me. That I wrote that that kind of goes with, with what I was saying uh, earlier about I, I don't know if I'm ready like how how I'm going to interact with people uh, with these kind of restrictions. I still want to positively impact people that I connect with, um, and, and like that's going to be a part of this thing I have to solve for, right? So I put that down. Uh, and oh, right after that, problem solving. But you know, it's again that creative kind of problem solving, like looking at things from different angles and being able to come up with creative solutions, because that's what we're going to need. Uh, perspective, keeping a good perspective, and uh, keeping my outlook. You know, change in outlook to make you know to not see these not to not keep looking at 
cancellations and you know all bad news and be like ah, damn there we go again you know just to to keep myself focused on my thing um while not letting that you know drag me down and and just i guess it also constantly releasing that this is not my fault you know this is i, I can't do anything about this type of uh type of thinking so the first card i got was the four of wands so <clears throat> this is a card of celebration joy harmony uh homecoming this card it, it wants us uh, it's it, it's saying it's a time for us to come together and celebrate with with close friends right with loved ones which is something we cannot really truly do right now or in a very restricted sense i know but um it still can be done you know with sitting outside or just like i've been doing over skype and having great talks and seeing people like that um, it's it's just time. It's a time for us to celebrate with our close friends and to remember that uh, we, to celebrate. Um, you know, we can celebrate a milestone, something that you've achieved or somebody's achieved, or just to just celebrate each other's company. You know, hey, we're cool friends. We're the best friends forever. Let's have a Skype, something like that. Um, the the whole uh, homecoming thing. This is kind of weird because we're all trapped in our homes, right? So I was looking at this as like it's not necessarily a homecoming back home, but I I, I look at this as a homecoming back to um, a state of of like mind, like uh, coming back to like finding our peace. Like everything has been so chaotic and crazy, and our minds have been everywhere. Um, but now I think like this car is saying now it's time. Okay, let's. It's time for you to come back to your home and your mind. And again, this is me. Like the you is me. I know. I'm. I'm talking like the royal you. Uh, you know, it's come back to your mind. Re you know, know where that piece is that you usually dwell in, and let's go from there. Let's come home to that. You know. Um. So that's the way I kind of look at that. Coming to a place familiar, you know, to you, and you feel su supported and secure there because you know who you are, you know, you're, you're there where you need to be, uh, whether it's a state of mind or a physical place. Uh, the physical places. So like you, I wrote this down just cause everyone is trapped in their home. It says it could be, you know, something about, uh, changing your home environment or improving or renovating that kind of thing. I know a lot of people are doing, uh, home improvement things and, uh, puzzles or puzzle improvement or puzzle homes. I'm not sure what's going on. But um, uh, also with this celebration time, it's this this car says it's really important to remember, you know, to celebrate our small milestones. And I think that's important, especially in the face of, uh, you know, working from home, figuring out things that how to do things differently. Uh, it's important to celebrate, you know, uh, small successes as well. And and also it's it's OK to to. Uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor, you know, take a small break before you go after the next thing, you know, and just say, uh, I did it. And, you know, acknowledge that you accomplished it and then, you know, kind of toast and then move on, get the fuck out of here. Uh, and this is also brings with it a sense of harmony and balance. You know, when, when you are able to return to a sense of, of mind of peace, you you feel secure you feel complete and that's for me i need to get back to you know come back to my regular state of mind let's you know my that positive that peace where i know what i'm you know what i'm doing and let's move from there uh and and start start the process 
you know, without all uh, just jagged insanity piercing your brain. Um, next card I got, Queen of Cups Reversed. This is a card of, uh, this is a self, self-care self card. And I got a couple of self-care cards this past week in Card of the Day. So, uh, it, you know, again, this goes kind of hand in hand with that. Um, this card wants you to, you know, to take time to focus on yourself. You're, you're feeling drained from caring for others. Uh, you're someone who cares for others a lot, nurtures, you're there for people. Um, and it's starting to drain you, though. And you need to take notice of that and start to, uh, we need to start to set boundaries as far as, like, how involved you're going to get in things. Um, and we need to make sure that we don't uh, take on their emotional baggage uh, of other people or get ourselves intertwined in whatever this... Uh, the emotions that are uh, going along with what their issue is. That happens a lot. We're empathetic. You know, we want to help. And sometimes we just think the best way to help is to jump right on in there and uh, roll up our sleeves. But that's not what we need to do. Then that clouds our judgment. We become too, too close to all of the emotions that are happening in a situation. So we need to be careful with that when we're helping, uh, you know, people. Because also this, you know, in our relationships, if if we let ourselves get like this and we we drain ourselves, we get tied up in other people's emotions. You know, we we then create codependencies on these people, and we we you know we make uh, you know it's unhealthy kind of relationships. We'll bring you know we attract people that are now going to uh, take advantage of of those of your of your caring for people and now this codependency that they've, you know, kind of drawn out of you, they'll take advantage of that too. We just need to think about these things, protect ourselves um, from, you know, and, and, and we need to, you know, so we make sure to keep a healthy, you know, detachment from others where, when necessary. And that doesn't mean, I'm not saying like a healthy detachment and don't talk to them anymore, but you'll keep, keep space, you know, that kind of healthy. Um, your intuition is in high gear right now, but you need the time and space to listen. Uh, so take this as a sign to to stop and really spend some time reconnecting with your intuition. Uh, you know, I've talked about it. You know, for the first twenty minutes of this podcast, so that that hit uh, hit home, and it's, I'm glad. You know, I think it was all working working out right here. Um, this also says, you know, be careful about letting your heart rule over your head. Um, ground, you, you have to ground yourself. Now, the, when this card is in the the upright position, um, it, it actually uh, says, you know, encourages this. It says this is a time now to lead with your heart, um, to tune into your emotional intuition and, and move forward. However, when it's in the upright position, it's also saying that, you know, you're you, you're someone who's ground who's grounded yourself in a way that you you know your emotions again aren't tied up in what's going on um it, you're completely non non-biased to what's happening and you you can therefore make a better decision from an emotional standpoint when it's reversed like this we are not in the best position to use our heart to make decisions doesn't mean we can't do it or or you know doesn't mean we won't be able to do it again. It's just we're not grounded enough. We're too we're too wrapped up. You know, we're too 
there's too many things that aren't us going on in our heads. <clears throat> and, you know, we've, we're, when this happens, you're in real danger of losing perspective um, in a lot of ways. So, I, you know, if this sounds like something, you know, you need to think about, I mean, I, you know, think about it like that. You, you can rule with your heart. You can certainly come from an emotional place. But just right now, we need to think about separating, grounding ourselves, and not getting too wrapped up. And then Nine of Swords is the next card I got. Um, and this card I actually got for a card of the day, not like last week or something like that. And this is about, you know, the swords are our, our intellect and our thoughts, you know. And if, This card is about us letting ne negative thoughts take over, basically. In the card, the, the swords are like stacked on the wall. Um, and this woman is in the bed underneath them, like crying. And it's showing, it's just supposed to represent, these are all the negative things just, just stacking up on you. You know, you, when, when you do this, we fall into... Uh, you know, these really negative thought patterns. Uh, we fall into negative habits, negative behavior. Everything starts to become this big pattern of negativity uh, because we're allowing ourselves now to be, you know, letting these things stack up on us. We're spiraling out. Um, we're making everything out to be worse than it actually is. And, you know, it's... Um, all at the root of all of this is fear. These negative thoughts that we're, we're piling onto ourselves are rooted in fear of something, our fear of something related to this. And I talk about all the time, release, releasing fear and not letting fear rule your decisions or your life or your choices, you know, and that's important. And it's easier said than done. Um, it takes a lot of work. Uh, but you can do it. And that's what this, you know, w when we let this negative kind of avalanche fall on us, you know, we need to, and this sounds goofballish, but I've talked about it before where you just kind of one for one, take at, take one of those negative thoughts that sword away and replace it with one positive thought. Like I know I, I, I rolled my eyes when my therapist told me that too, but it does work. And then you'll start to change your behavior. You'll change your perspective and you'll be able to see better when you, uh, if you're in danger of kind of having this happen again and stacking everything on yourself, you'll be able to see it coming and, and know how to handle it better. But don't let fear um, get you even started down this path of negative thinking is what this is saying. So this is a lot to think about um, for this week, for sure. Uh, you know, celebrating things that have happened, taking time to reconnect with family and friends taking time for self-care, making sure we're filled with, you know, love again before we try to keep giving out what we don't have. Uh, you know, being careful to not not rule with our heart right now and, and to not let these negative thoughts bog us down and, and complete our thought process. So I think that uh, I got a lot out of that this week. I, I sure do hope you did too. Uh, again, I, like I said, if you are into tarot or interested in learning some more, I do a card of the day reading on my Instagram story every single morning. Um, so just follow at John Wayne is dead and you can check it all out. So now I mentioned uh, earlier my Patreon podcast, the awesome dude for life boner bonus podcast. And uh, as you know, I've been uh, over the last few weeks taking uh, a piece of 
the episode that is coming up on the uh, coming out on the Patreon today, the same day that this that this podcast comes out, and just taking a little piece of that interview, that conversation, and putting it here for you to uh, check out, kind of get a preview, get a little feel for my guest this week. And uh, if you like it, just you know, you can head on over to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash John Wayne is Dead. Join any tier you join, get you access to the full episode and all the back episodes and stuff. But you know that. Um, anyway, this week uh, I had an, an awesome guest and a great conversation with uh, author Chandler Morrison. And uh, this guy's very cool. He's out in L.A., so we were like on L.A. time when we did it. And, you know, I, I met him just this past Bizarro Con, um, you know, with all the controversy. And, uh, you know, this podcast isn't about that. Uh, I, I make I think at the beginning of our in interview, I make a small statement about it and then we move on. If you want to know about this controversy thing that happened, there's a billion podcasts that already did it. Uh, including the, the horror show with Brian Keene. You can go back and listen to it, and they'll explain the whole thing. But what I'll explain to you now is a great conversation I had with Chandler, and uh, we talked about writing and Brady Stanellis and, uh, you know, the intangibleness of knowing where you're supposed to be uh, sometimes in a city or place. So anyway, it was great. It was a great talk. So let's give a listen to me and Chandler here for a minute. So L.A., why did you move to L.A.? So three years ago, I said I'd get back to that <clears throat> from from Ohio. Um, you said, right? Mm -hmm. What what was the L.A. Uh, just what was going on school or uh, you had a calling like uh, did Led Zeppelin tell you in a dream to, to move to L.A. <laughs> or, or what happened? <laughs> I mean, nothing quite as uh, like mystical as that. But um, I just from a very early age. I always knew it was I was going to end up in either L.A. or New York because um, I've always been a writer and I uh, it just seemed like those were the places that writers went was it was either L.A. or New York. And um, I, uh, I read Less Than Zero um, when I was 16 and it was I read it a week before uh, I came out here for. Um, for vacation because I had a, a family friend who lived out here. He was a movie producer out here. And um, so I read this book and um, just kind of like before even coming here, like kind of fell in love with this like ominous um, like darkness that looms beneath this, you know, really um, uh like glitzy veneer and um something about that aesthetic like really appealed to me and then i came out here and i fell in love with it um and uh i visited new york um a couple years after that and um decided it was a neat place to visit but not somewhere i wanted to live and um at uh in la has always remained like um, prominent in my mind ever since that visit when I was a teenager. And um, my day job uh, three years ago, there um, the company I work for, there was a position that opened up out here. Um, and I went for it and I got it. And um, it was, it was about a month after I applied for that position that I ended up, moving out here it was a uh, happened very quickly and um so uh 
and and so yeah so i i came out here and then um uh you know the first first year it was really great and it was like everything i remembered it to be from my youth um for the most part like there the, the traffic's much worse than it was 10 years ago uh the homelessness is much worse than it was 10 years ago um but but like even that i could kind of just um like i could accept for the most part and um because it was new it was fresh and and i i loved it like that first year it was just it was um it was everything i wanted it to be and then uh like the second year it started to wear on me um and like just everything like the, the traffic yeah. and the filth and um you know all of these things that i kind of just was able to ignore that first year um and and now it's like in the this um like third year it's it's been more uh you know it, like it's a mixture of both like it's a love hate thing where um you know there's there's a lot that just drives me nuts about this place um like not in a good way yeah. but but there are moments that i get where uh you know it's it's like it's all worth it like it's and i realize like there's just nowhere else uh i could live like this is where um for better or worse i i feel i belong um so yeah i know exactly what you mean you hit those moments where it's like ah that's why i do this that's why you know it it, it that just kind of comes into play and you can't even really it's kind of an intangible you know kind of thing even sometimes that happens it's like you can tr try to describe it but it's really being there and you're having that experience at that place and knowing like shit this is like happening here and that's why i'm here for this shit and that's why i put up with a million you know uh whatever homeless people that are taking over i hear the the homeless in la is nuts right now um so that's like i i feel for you on that um like you know i'm I'm in houston uh h town third coast represent uh but like we have uh, you know a, a our homeless area the kind of tent city they call it is just sprawling uh, you know you just drive by it and you're like god damn you know what do we do but but about you were talking about lesson zero in la and it's i wanted to say you know that's a brady Ellis book you and i are both brady Ellis fans we'll get into that but it's it's um you know, the way that he writes that book, the way it's presented, it, it has, there's a transgressiveness that, that goes with, um, I think the way that like L, his, the way that he presents the lifestyle in LA that makes it very attractive. Um, I key in on like, I, I like that. I don't know. It's like, you know, I, pl I played in bands forever. And, uh, when you, when you, when you're a band that and you get to play in a strip club, it's like, okay, fuck yes, this is like the thing, because everything about it is like half illegal while you're in there, you know, there's just like naked chicks, there's drugs, there's whatever is going on, and you're playing rock and roll, and it's like, yes, that, like something about that feels right, and that's what I think, like, I would be like, yes, that's what living in LA is like, or, um, or at least the way like that Reddy Stanellis romanticizes it, um, kind of, I don't know if you'd agree with that. But that I really feel that that kind of like, yeah, I like that I'm I'm doing bad, you know, I'm doing bad, but 
I'm doing good. No, you can't stop me. I don't. Yeah, know. there's definitely like you, you really nailed it. Like he he makes it um, appealing, you know, and and he's said like I've heard him say like on his podcast that he's had people um, tell him that. Uh, that they they came to LA because of less than zero, and his reaction is always like, "Why?" <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, but it is like it's. I think especially to, uh, to to artists, especially to artists who of a certain um, uh, like theme and and uh, style and. Um, who who write about the things that that like you or I do like it there's there's a a, a certain um appeal and um and yeah it 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 does there are um there are times when it is everything that you know that that book makes it out to be um yeah and uh most times it's not <laughs> yeah um, but know. when it is it's like oh yeah it's right you know exactly I, i've been to la a few times but i was uh i i also just i love la the couple times that i've been there and i've just visited i've just played through whatever um so i i'm not like i can't i don't have like a huge connection but i like i mean i like i liked it a lot i was there for like the sunset strip music festival one year and that was just amazing. And uh, I got tattooed at Kat Von D's place and all that shit. Um, and it was like, I was like, man, this is fucking where it's at. This Everything about it felt right. But also that kind of shit scares me. Because when I was 21, the first time I went to New Orleans, I was 21. And I went and I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is exactly where I need to be. Come on, give me a break. I'll vampire the stat this shit. I'm gonna live in this one thing up here and read a million books and like you know just drink myself to death. And that's probably exactly what I would have done if I if so, if I had the means to move there then and just did it. I'd be fucking totally dead by now. Um, but you know, probably worth it. Uh, but you know, it's just like I'm glad that I didn't necessarily make that move. Uh, but you know, I don't know L.A. I'm, sometimes I'm like that would that would probably be cool. I mean, maybe I could have done that, but I'm doing all right here in Houston for right now. Uh, but <clears throat> I fucking forgot what we were talking about, dude. Well, New Orleans and, and transgressiveness and um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, well, what you were saying, like I uh, I've been sober seven years, but if um, if I wasn't sober and I had come here, this place absolutely would have killed me. Yeah. Um, like if I had like because uh, I liked coke a lot um, like so if I had come here in the, the grips of cocaine addiction um, I, I don't think I would have lasted very long yeah um, I mean I would have married seven strippers while I was there and yeah, <laughs> I changed my name a million times yeah it would have been I mean who knows like and, and you know sometimes that stuff's for the best I guess but now like you could put me in LA and I'd probably be like oh right but I don't make any money to live in LA so I got to get one of those sweet deals but no there's no deals anymore dude there's nothing there we're all no stuck in our ho we're stuck I was going to say our hotels we're stuck in our hotels dude you know speaking of stuck in hotels dude do you know that I uh this is this will come out probably next week actually so it's it's topical I'm supposed to go to Indianapolis tomorrow for a convention that is still fucking happening 
And I was like, nah, I'm not going to go. Uh, because I think that's the right thing to not go. Uh, but it's uh, it's blowing my mind that they're still having it. And yeah, I thought all the conventions were canceled. Not this one, baby. So it's one of the Days of the Dead ones, which I'm on all, all of those. But they've all been pushed back so far. And, uh, you know, it's just not not stopping like even today like i canceled my table and it's just like all right so we'll see you know they rolled it over to the next one for me because they're cool but um and shouts out to days of the dead i love you but i i just could not take that risk because it's a 19 hour drive for me and just going up there and i don't know it could be a total shit show dude what if people like go nuts or what if they shut it down who knows and then i'm up there stuck in indianapolis not very cool, dude. It's very concerning. Yeah, I lived in Indianapolis recently as a kid, and, and it's, it's, it's not one of the best places to get stuck. Uptight place, like, 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 yeah. And that's why I think they're having it. And I mean, it's just in, it's insane. Uh, I, you know, I, everybody wants to get out there. You know, I'm, I'm, I definitely, you know, feel that. But I just don't know if it's the right thing to do to force it right now when i've got shit that is is canceling in august and october right now then why you know why are why are we doing this right and texas is bad you know i'm sure you know i mean we we're you know jumping around shooting guns in the air like (laughs) fucking dumb as shit you know texas is always in the news as being bad with this you know and california is rolling everything back again currently now aren't they um uh, I mean, they can't really decide what they want to do. Like, they started rolling it back, and then they then they stopped, and they like um, they closed all the restaurants again. I don't know. I, I stopped paying attention to where we are in the terms of reopening. Like, my tanning salon is open, um, and and as long as like that stays open, like I'm pretty much like that's, that's the only thing I really need to worry about. Fuck yeah, dude. Priorities. I absolutely agree with that. The drug, uh, the drug dealer's house has been open this entire time. Um, both of them. So, uh, that has been a good thing for me. All right. That's a little taste of, uh, Chandler Morrison and I, uh, be sure to check him out. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, I think it's at Mecca Chandler, but just Chandler Morrison, you'll find him. He's, and be sure to check out, uh, his, his work. Uh, we talked a lot about that as well. So, Moving on um, to our story portion of the episode. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, as you know or don't know, uh, I have started a- another podcast. I talked about it last week. I played the commercial uh, with horror author Christopher Triana, a very good friend of mine, called Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. And uh, no, I'm not going to make every podcast about the other podcast or anything like that. But I'm just just to give some context, we... Um, the episode that we did recent, we did an episode recently that it comes out this week on Thursday and it, and the main thing we talked about was vampires versus werewolves with myself, you know, representing the vampires and Chris representing the werewolves. And, um, I just told a little story up top, uh, before we got into the discussion and it, you know, it made, it made me remember that story. And so I wanted to kind of take, uh, tell that story here in a more extended type of way. And uh, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's what this story is about. But if you want to, you know, hear, certainly please check out our new show, uh, Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's going, 
it's going really well. It's got a great response. If if you're already listening to it from you know my audience, thank you guys so much. If not, give it a whirl. It's uh it's pretty funny and it's pretty fun. It's all fun stuff. It's not really about vital social issues at all. It's just you know, like I said, vampires versus werewolves. That's a vital social issue to us. You know, so we talked about it. But that's where I got you know the memory sparked for this story. And uh, here here we go. Without further ado, this one's called. Interview with a Vampire Research Project. So, uh, I know a couple weeks back I told a story about being in um, Tier Four, which was the advanced placement. Uh, was what is called what it was called when I was uh, going to school, at least in our district. I don't, I don't know. So this this is kind of along those same lines, but uh, that story I told was from seventh grade. This is from, from when I was in fifth grade. Now, that was the first year I was put into that the advanced placement um, uh, program, and I was very happy because I loved to read, I loved to write, and I you know this was my speed. What was going on in there? This was uh, <clears throat> you know a classroom that was completely enclosed, uh, which as opposed to, you know, fifth grade, the whole, it was like the way our school was, it was the fifth grade area. And it's pretty much open air, maybe separated by a a fake wall partition between or, or cabinets, just like the rolling kind of cabinets would separate off like rooms, like sections for t- different teachers' rooms. But it was all open air, you know, there's not, there's no way to kind of close up your classroom uh, away from everybody else's except this one was this one had a door and everything it was in the the area you know it was in the fifth grade area but it was completely its own environment and it really truly was like walking into a different place when you went into that classroom because it was you know it had uh, our teacher mrs robertson she had like lamps instead you know so that would those would often be on instead of the the uh what do you, t- uh, fluorescent lights and she had uh, rugs. There was a reading area that was uh, where she would sit and read to us, and it was all colorful and different rugs. And there was beanbag chairs and pillows all over the room uh, because we would have like you know silent reading time, and you were allowed to to go wherever you wanted in the room. You didn't have to sit at your your desk or your table. You could sit under it. You could uh, get a beanbag chair and go in the corner. You could. Whatever, you know, sit on the floor, lean up against the the wall, whatever you wanted to do. It was super fucking cool and super uh, 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 conducive, I think, to uh, our learning at that point. And she would, you know, and she's, of course, uh, she was like a little granola or whatever. She was an awesome teacher, but she would play us like the whale songs on a record. She had a little record player, so we would listen to stuff like that but i know we listened to the whale calls a lot when we'd had like quiet reading time and i always thought that was fun um but one thing about this class is you know i I, as i mentioned on the other episode you're doing the work of two grades above you so it was supposed to be like we were doing a seventh grader just curriculum i guess um but we we read a lot of novels in this class a lot you know we were always assigned a book uh as soon as we finish one We'd go to the next one. It was a lot of reading, and uh, which I loved, so I excelled at it, and a lot of of writing, and you know, which also that was my jam. So we're right there. But the one other thing that we did, which was for the first time ever, 
was do a proper research project. That was the big thing that uh, every year, I guess, they had or you knew it was happening. And it was, if you knew anything about Tier 4, you're like, oh, we're doing our iSearch projects this week or this month, you know. And iSearch was just what they called it because it's just like you by yourself are researching, not in a group, not in a fucking, you know, with the teacher. It's not a, not a walkthrough exercise. You know, she taught us leading up to it, you know, how to cite our sources and have like a bibliography page, how to, where, where we were going to have to look to find things. And I mean, we had to go over everything. It was, you know, how to cite a newspaper article, how to cite encyclopedias, books, quotes, news. It was all, you know, you had to learn all this stuff. There was no, no internet. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a, you know, internet, but I mean, I'm in fifth fucking grade. There's no internet back then. Um, you know, but, but we, she, she taught us all of that stuff and, you know, leading up to it and how to put together a research project. I think she had, uh, an example of somebody's, a past one that was videotaped on, you know, because only because I think like back then somebody's rich dad had one of the camcorders. It was probably like $1,100 or something for this huge thing that put, that fits like a whole VHS tape into it. Um, I, I believe that was the, the case. So, so she, so she showed us one. So we had an example of, of what to, um, of what presenting a project in front of people would look like. And I, you know, I've always been kind of, you know, that the performance bug bit me back in the, the womb, I guess, uh, you know, I'm always kind of into, uh, having no problems with getting up in front of people and doing things. So that aspect of it, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Uh, I got that. No problem. And then we had to pick our topic. That was another thing. It wasn't it wasn't like here's a list of things that, you know, you should know about and you know, pick everyone picks one and we re- you research it. Um it wasn't like that. It, that was another aspect of the freedom of this kind of learning environment was we got to pick whatever we wanted to research on. And I, at the beginning of this, was flummoxed. I did not know what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, like I said, that that was the, the part where I was like performing. I got that. I can get up there and be silly. But uh, I didn't, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to research. You know, I was like, I don't, I, nothing's really, you know, I, but, but the thing was, I was, I, I was still thinking about it wrong. I was trying to think of, school topics, you know, or whatever. I, you know, other people's uh, things that they had chosen were like fucking, you know, President so-and-so or fucking the the Sky Mountains. I don't fucking know. Something like that. So I, um, now my very good friend at the time, uh, Jonathan, shouts out, uh, he, he and I were very close. I think I've told some stories about he and I growing up. And we, uh, Okay, so I guess like going backwards, like we would at the library, we would usually cl- check out the horror books or like the dog books when we were when we went to the library together. Now my mom used to take us to the shouts out mom to the um, library when we were also around that age uh, th- for years um, in our in our neighborhood, the Baldwin Botcher something Botchalism Library. I'm not sure, but um, they had these books that were like these horror books there where it was. Basically, like, um, 
kind of like a not, not not a novelization how that is but this was much shorter and it was like Dracula and it was a pictures from the movie in it you know glossy pictures with kind of caption you know just like short synopsis of what the movie was about they were for kids or for young young adults I guess I don't know because it was all horror stuff and they had like creature from the black lagoon Frankenstein bride of Frankenstein they had uh classic shit like the murders in the rue morgue was one of them uh all kind like, just that I found these books and I that, that was got to be one of the things that helped push my brain towards uh, weirdness and horror was checking those books out constantly. But, you know, I was always kind of uh, enamored with a vampire because vampires, you know, they can, there's so much to a vampire, but, but also not, not a whole lot to them. But, but, but I think the personality fits maybe something like that, but I was into it. And my friend, Jonathan and I, we had been watching some horror movies at his house and some just goofy, like, vampire movies and and such and i'll get into that but he uh we go in the library it's like research day and i still haven't really figured out what i'm doing and he's got the monster books out and i'm like what are you doing he's like i'm researching i said well what did you pick he's like i picked dracula i was like what he's like yeah i'm gonna do mine on dracula i was like what i what i didn't know you could do that i want to dude i want to do dracula i want to do vampires and he was like, uh, "Okay." I don't, and I was like, "Man, I want to. I really do, man. I, how about how about this? Let's go ask the teacher. If you do Dracula, you just do yours on Dracula, and I'll do mine on vampires in general, like everything else about vampires that's not Dracula." And he's like, "Okay." So we go up, we pitch this to our teacher, who's just like, "Yeah, all right, boys, you got it. That's you want to do that? Let's do it." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So like by the next day, my friend Jonathan had quit that he was like, I'm not doing Dracula anymore. I'm going to do fucking, I don't know what, you know, dogs, animals, or something. I don't know what he did. He changed his mind. So I was, uh, I had it all to myself now. And, you know, and so like I said, we don't have the internet. So the kind of research I, I'm doing and that I have access to is just our school library, the public library that my mom takes us to, and movies, Right. I can't stream movies, you know, like there's nothing like that. I, I have to be able to go out and get it and have access to it to to know anything to take reference from them. And so I did. I was looking at encyclopedia. I was writing things about what they say about vampires and the lore and the different stuff. But um, I, st- <laughs> I watched like these stupidest movies that I pulled, um, you know, that I just referenced as if they were as if they were fucking like real things you know that's how but i was i was approaching it i was taking it from this real standpoint of it being kind of like well within this universe this is how these things work and i think the fact that i took it so seriously is probably what helped me uh it saved me but there's this one one movie in particular that i used to base an entire argument on and this is one of the stupidest vampire movies out there it's called my best friend is a vampire um, it was filmed right here in Houston, Texas, Dirty Third, Third Coast, shouts out. And it is about a teenage boy who uh, he's delivering groceries to this woman and she bites him, kind of. And I'm not quite sure what happens, but how, or how that happens. But he becomes, he starts to turn into a vampire. But because of some weird hang up or something that happened during the biting he's he's able to to walk during the day he's not blade 
but he's he's a full blown vampire, but he's able to be out during the day. You know, he just has to like wear sunglasses or some shit. Uh, and he has this you know, vampire assistant or whatever that gets assigned to him to teach him how to be a vampire. And it's so goofy. They do this montage where, you know, they find out that there's butchers that cater to vampires. So he, he doesn't want to drink human blood. So he goes and gets pig's blood and cow blood or whatever it is. And, and they put him in like they're like cans of beer. It's a fucking goofy ass fucking thing. Now. Today, you know, and, and since I, I hate the reluctant vampire trope, I've said that before, I hate it. When you're a vampire, you're a fucking vampire. You don't care about killing humans because that's what you eat. That's what you are. Something is switched off. Your, your humanity, that part of your humanity is no longer there. So I really, I really think it's a cop-out when, when that is ever in the story of like, well, I can't kill humans. Uh, but that's just my opinion. But that's, you know, back then I didn't have that bias yet. So he could walk around, you know, in the day. And I, I do this whole section of my of my presentation, my project, is uh, taken from the research I've done from this movie about how you, if that happens, then you can walk around in the day. and you And if you don't want to drink human blood, you go to your local butcher. I had, you know, it was re- ridiculous but i did take it so seriously so you know fast forward to the the presentation day like i said i'm ready for that now you had to have like a you know a poster board with certain amount of things on it you had to have your bibliography you had to have your outline you had to have your research paper you had to have your uh you know your presentation notes and your card everything everything you had to turn in um so I did my poster board with a bunch of stuff that I, I'm sure I just drew or cut out and uh, just like dumb facts about vampires that I've learned I'd learned from these movies and books. And I wore a uh, I had a like a cheap kind of uh, Batman costume, but it was just the the cowl and the cape and it was just all all fabric. N nothing was like plastic or anything like that. And uh so I, I tucked the cowl like underneath and I could just wear it as a cape. So when it was my time, like I came in, you know, uh, it, with this cape and I'm all dramatic and shit and I'm doing the, the presentation all as a vampire uh, because I'm just that dumb. And at the end, I, I, I end my, my presentation by saying, you know, vampires, they're out there. They're everywhere. You never know. Who could be a vampire? Your best friend could be a vampire, as we learned. That's why I carry. And then I reach into my cape, which I've had this this tucked behind my the back of my pants this whole time. This piece of wood that I that you know it's about like three inches by one inch or something. I got I don't know where I got it, and I sharpened it into a fucking wooden like a stake. I put a point at the end of it and wrote on. A, a, so I pull out, I said, that's why I always carry the American wooden stake. And I'd written on it, uh, American wooden stake in marker in the same like style of American express. And I had a little picture of a guy on there, like the, their old emblem, because those car, those commercials were really popular back then where they, you know, say the American express card, never leave home without it. So, and I was, that's what was, that was my closer. It's like, that's why I always carry the American wooden stake, never leave home without it. And then it was like. That was it, and of course, applause and uh, and great, but and it was awesome, and it was awesome that 
I got to uh, do that topic because you see the thing about this is, and I, I don't know if a lot of the kids grasped this or even, you know, you look, maybe learned this by accident, but a lot of the other projects were like super like intense knowledge heavy about some historic event or about, uh, a, a, you know, some kind of famous uh, writer or artist's life or, you know, some kind of influential person. They were like, you know, hardcore and serious and shit. And here's mine based, you know, there's nothing factual about vampires at all, except, you know, the whole Vlad the Impaler story, which I did tell uh, at the beginning. And, it, you know, but the thing was, it wasn't, the we didn't have that assignment to teach us about whatever we researched. We had to pick what it was. So, you know, of course, it was probably going to be something we knew about or were interested in learning about. But she taught us how to properly research something. Uh, so that we would have that skill later in life. And, you know, that that was why I got, you know, a super high A on that uh, because I took it seriously. I did all the research. I noted everything exactly right. You know, I, I did it all how it was supposed to be done, but it was done on something so ridiculous that, you know, you, you, you couldn't help but say, what the fuck is going on here? And I, you know, and there you go. And like, that's one of the things that has set the tone uh, for me ever since, you know, every single thing I do uh, in life seems to uh, in, involve uh, a cape and performance and sharpened pieces of wood for some reason. But, uh, but yeah, so that was, that was cool. And also, you know, vampires forever, werewolves never. Except Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf is cool. All right. There you go. A little uh, vampire research project there. Just uh, doing what I do all the way back in that day, too. So uh, thank you guys for joining us for another episode. If you'd like to hear more about the vampire topic and the whole vampire versus werewolf thing, uh, please check out uh, Christopher Triana and I's new podcast, Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It is on all the podcatchers. It is on, we have our YouTube channel, and you can go to chrisandjohnwayne.com to find it as well. So thank you for that, and uh, be sure to check out my Patreon, or patreon.com slash Dead. my interview with Chandler Morrison this, this, month, or this week, and uh, all the other back episodes that I have over there. Follow me at John Wayne is Dead on Instagram and Twitter, and go to johnwayneisdead.com for all your John John Wayne needs all of uh, if you go to the shop page there all of my books are in stock the John Wayne is dead records uh, t-shirts I've got new stickers and a new sticker announcement coming next week uh, all kinds of stuff so go to the shop page there and you can help support me all of my books are also on Amazon and Kindle if that is your jam thank you guys so much uh, for, for joining me with another week and uh, I will see you next week uh, uh, uh.